0: the left corner to Aguila, Aguila left
1: circle, has to yell the shot, saved, made by Aguila, another shot, they score, the Flames win it, yeah baby, they
0: score, and the sea of red erupts, Flamestalk starts now on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Here's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. All right,
1: we are underway. It is Wednesday, April 26th. This hour getting going from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Steinberg and Aaron Vickers on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. And live right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Well, after uh, Tuesday's show was dominated by arena talk this hour... Not a lot of arena talk. In fact, none this hour. I know there's a lot of talk outside of the new event center announcement that we found out about on Tuesday. has been a lot of talk since the season came to an end about 10. Uh, sorry, since the, the Flames did their locker cleanout day about 10 or 11 days ago now. We have not heard from Daryl Sutter. We have heard from all the players. We heard from Don Maloney and John Bean after Brad True Living's announcement was made. But we have not heard from the head coach after a disappointing season for the County Flames. And I know there's a lot of people wondering why, there's a lot of people wondering when, there's a lot of people wondering what that means. But I've got a, I've got a pretty good explanation for why we haven't heard anything as of yet. Because if you go back... About uh, however long ago it was, if you go back nine days ago or so, when we heard from President of Hockey Operations, Don Maloney, the day that we found out Brad Living was stepping away from the organization, there's kind of a reason why we haven't heard from Daryl Sutter.
0: I am uh, reviewing everything in the organization in management, coaching, players, scouting, um, how we first of all, with the idea that what happened and why we underachieve and and how we make this the best organization to, to chain our goals.
1: Vicks, they're doing a review right now and that review is not lip service. This is not just coming out and saying, We're doing a review from everything I understand. Right now, they are doing a deep dive on everything. Eric Francis put an article out earlier this week. I think it was Monday that he put this article out. Um, He he talked about some of what was said in exit interviews. We've talked about exit interviews and and some of the things that were brought to light and, and some of the things that I think caught some people off guard or surprised a little bit. I think right now, after the exit meetings, after the disappointment of the season, and hell, Don Maloney even said this last Monday, he said, trying to figure out what is the emotion attached right at the end of one of the most disappointing, frustrating seasons in franchise history. What is the emotion attached to that? And what are things that you actually need to act on? And that's what they have been going through over the last little bit. And that's why they haven't rolled out the coach as of yet. Because if the coaching situation is being reviewed, and there is more than enough talk in this market right now about the future of Daryl Sutter, about whether Daryl Sutter should be back or not, the text line talks about it all the time, Twitter's all over it all the time, people have their different opinions on the phone lines, post game, everything it's been the number one topic for weeks and weeks and weeks now in a lot of ways. What is Daryl Sutter's future and would they make a coaching change? And if that is currently not decided and if that is in limbo or if that is being reviewed, it wouldn't make any sense to bring the coach out, have him answer questions about his future when he doesn't even know what his future looks like right now. So I don't most organizations wouldn't roll out the coach in those circumstances because as of right now, I think it is very clear that a review is going on. And, and when that review is done, and who the hell knows when that's going to be, then maybe we do hear from him. If we hear from Daryl Sutter, I think it's a pretty good indication that he'll be coming back, or at the very least, for the time being, the organization, Sans New GM, is going to keep Daryl Sutter as head coach. And, and if we don't hear from him then I think we'll be hearing other news at some point.
2: The time to hear from Daryl Sutter, looking at the timeline as it exists now, would have been Friday after we got all the players. It does not benefit the Calgary Flames whatsoever to roll him out after last Monday, nine days ago, when there was a... I don't want to call it a no vote of confidence from President of Hockey Operations, Don Maloney, but there that, was a... That clip a, that I
1: played came from Flames yep. Talk Fam member Wes Gilbertson, and he asked the question, is Daryl Sutter your coach? That that was his direct response yes. to it.
2: So it, it wasn't a, we don't have confidence in this coach. It's, we need to review everything, yep. including the head coach. So if you're the Calgary Flames, if you're the President of Hockey Ops, if you're you know, the PR communication staff, it doesn't behoove you to roll out Daryl Sutter after your president of hockey operations announces that as part of an internal intellectual honesty review, okay, here's the head coach who doesn't necessarily know whether he's going to be with the team for five days, five months, or the next two years. So from an organizational standpoint, no, Daryl Sutter doing media doesn't benefit Daryl Sutter, doesn't benefit the Calgary Flames, doesn't benefit president of hockey ops. It wouldn't
1: wouldn't even be fair to Daryl. No. Like, that would, that would be putting him in a situation, a really bad hey, situation. Hey, Daryl,
2: how does it feel that Don Maloney says your job's under review?
1: You'd have that. You'd have questions about Brad. And look, if Daryl Sutter comes back, he will have to answer some tough questions, no doubt about it. The, the questions about his relationship with Brad True Living will be absolutely front and center. And his questions about his future, all that type of stuff. Uh, relationship with player X, player Y, Huberto, Kadri, Lindholm, Backlund, all that type of stuff. All the questions
2: the players were asked in relation
1: to Daryl Sutter. Exactly. But to be asking those questions and then also asking about, are you in limbo? Do you you know what your future is? Your question about, how do you feel about not getting a vote of confidence? Like, that would be unfair to him. That would be, whether you want him back or not. And the text line is split. There's lots of different opinions. But whether you believe Daryl Sutter should... Remain as head coach and start his two-year contract extension next season, or if you believe the team needs to make a change, it still wouldn't be fair to him to roll him out while things are twisting in the wind a little bit, and it wouldn't make any sense organizationally for them to do that. It would just it would be bad all around. So of course they haven't rolled him out as of yet, and and nor should they. They're doing an internal audit right now, and
2: that's why I say they missed the opportunity to present Daryl on Friday after the players. I know it wasn't the plan. Uh, But there's no way you can do it after Mondays. I don't don't know. Is it a
1: bombshell? Here's why I don't think it's a missed opportunity. Because Friday was also exit interviews. And exit interviews revealed a lot and caught a lot of people. I don't want to say off guard, but I think were very revealing. Or at the very least, there was a lot of heavy stuff said in those exit meetings. So if that was your first indication that we need to do a review then you're probably not bringing out the head coach. It would have been the exact same, minus the news that Brad Living is not coming back.
2: I'm just saying, from an organizational standpoint, that would have been your opportunity because it follows the players. The announcement that Brad Living is not returning to the Calgary Flames slash mutually agreeing to part, then you don't have necessarily the demand or the request or the questioning of when's Daryl going to speak on the season that was a massive disappointment from 19 different directions. Well now you've got those questions and then you're piling on top the questions about his relationship with Brad Living, his relationship with Don Maloney now and maybe, you know, Craig Conroy, Brad Brad Pascale, pardon me, or any new guys that might be coming in. You've just layered question over question over question that at some point the head coach is now going to have to answer yeah. and it's going to be a bigger spectacle than if you could have isolated it. Had him answer some questions Friday. And then after when he knew the fate of his future.
1: I do believe this review is legit. I do believe it is one that they are taking extremely seriously. And I do believe that it. there's a chance that it could result in a coaching change. I mean, I, I think this is a legit review that they're doing right now. And I think it's important. And when you have a season like this, it would not be completely unprecedented or anywhere close to unprecedented to make a coaching change. Other teams have had extremely disappointing years and coaching changes have been made. We've seen guys get fired days before the playoffs and like, it's like coaching changes happen in sports. So after one of the most frustrating years in franchise history, and I do not believe that is an exaggeration based on what the expectations were, what the excitement was, and how frustratingly they fell short of expectations and the way that they fell short of expectations and who fell short. Yeah. I don't think I'm exaggerating to say this is one of the most disappointing years the organization has ever had since since arriving in this city. So if there are prices paid, understandably so. One of the one of the um I'm trying to think of the right word. One of the outcomes has been Brad for Living's no longer with the organization. I bet you there's a much better chance he's back if this season didn't go the way that it, it did. And so now another casualty. There's the word I was there looking you are. for. Another casualty could be a coaching change, and maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. I don't know what they're going to decide. I just know that they are very, very earnestly undertaking this thing as they should.
2: Well, and if and when they go about interviewing GM candidates, they're going to be interviewing candidates, but the candidates are going to be interviewing the Calgary Flames as well to find out what they might be walking into and what are the issues that need to be resolved here How does the player work with the coach? How does the coach work with the GM? How does the player work with the GM? You're going to want, from a candidate perspective, as clear a picture as to what you're walking into in this scenario. And so I understand completely the organization doing a deep dive, doing their due diligence in charting out what happened, what went wrong, what went well, how to get things back on track, and then looking for a GM because at that point you'll understand better from an organizational standpoint: Are we really willing to spend eight million dollars to bring in a new coach, or are we going to look elsewhere?
1: Well, here's the other thing, and 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 it it translates to kind of the next topic. Um, it's Patton Vickers with you on Flames Talk this Wednesday. This hour is underway. Whether they what what I think this organization uh, organizational review should do, ideally, in my opinion, is it should determine whether or not they're going to make a coaching change and whether or not they believe Daryl Sutter shouldn't be back. And if they decide that they're not going to make a change right now, then I believe they should say Daryl Sutter is our coach for now. Because one thing I truly believe, and I have no idea whether or not they will or will not do this, but I truly believe that any organization in pro sports, and we're talking about the Calgary Flames, I truly think that you have got to give whoever your new general manager is the autonomy to hire his own coach. Because I think you're cutting yourself off at the knees if you bring somebody in and say, this is our head coach, which means this is your head coach. If new general manager Craig Conroy, Brad Paschal, who, by the way, will join us later uh, later this hour to talk about the Calgary Wranglers, uh, Aaron Vickers, Wes Gilbertson, whoever, Ryan Pike, Eric Francis, whoever's the new general manager. Because I'm not... Pat Steinberg. Nope, nope. I've already taken my name out of the hat. Whoever the new GM is, you're doing him a disservice if you're not giving him the opportunity to hire that new coach. If they want to keep Daryl, then allow that to be their call fully and give them the autonomy to say, yes, I believe Daryl is the right guy for this group. I believe in Daryl Sutter. I believe in how he gets the most out of his players. And I believe whatever issues there were this year can be fixed. And let the new GM make that decision. And if the GM looks at it and says, this is not who I believe is the right head coach, then let him hire his own coach and go in a different direction. That, to me, is the way this should go. So let this organizational review determine whether or not he's coming back or not. But still allow the new general manager to fully have that power once he steps in to make his own decision. Because I, I, don't, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you do it any other way.
2: Well, GM candidate Aaron Vickers isn't accepting a job unless I know I've got full autonomy to do my job. And if no, the head but, coach
1: go ahead, go ahead, is sorry.
2: tied to me accepting the job and it's either Daryl Sutter or it's Daryl Sutter, that's the option I'm given. And I'm not even saying Daryl is my coach or isn't my head coach. But if I'm told that Daryl Sutter is my only option as head
1: coach, I don't know how keen I am to take the job. So here's the thing. And Francis made this point on, on Friday's, our last talk with him on Flames Talk last Friday. And, and I think it's a really good point. How many prospective GMs? Now, there are plenty that I think have the, the cachet to be like, no, 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 I, I, I can pick and choose my job. For instance, a a name like Eric Tulski is a guy that's been out there for quite some time. He's one of those top next guys, and he might decide that staying in Carolina is better than taking an unideal job if that's what's offered to him. I think about, you know, this may not be the, the best example, but, you know, I think about Josh McDaniels and how long... Especially in his second stint, he stayed with the Patriots before, you know, he's like, this is a better situation. Working for working for Bill and being a coordinator here is preferable to going and being a head coach in a spot that I don't believe is ideal. If you've got that cachet as one of those hot next AGMs, then, then you should do it. Then you should be able to do that and pick and choose. But there will be a number of guys who, as Eric described it as, will come hat in hand and saying, yes, yes, whatever the circumstances are, I'm ready to do it. And, and I'm, not, I'm not even being critical of that. There's 32 of these stupid jobs in the league, so there's going to be guys who want to do it. But if you want the right guy, I think you've got to give him autonomy. I really do.
2: Yeah, because from an organizational standpoint, do you want the best or do you want the best that's willing to work with what you're giving him? My opinion is if you're running a business, if you're running a sports team, You want the best because this is literally going to be your guiding light, your path for the organization for the next three, four, five, however many years. Brad was here for nine years. So are you really willing to take a who's probably lower on your list of candidates just because you need to keep the head coach? I think it's detrimental to your plan, to your due diligence, to your intellectual honesty, if you don't give the new guy coming in full autonomy, whether that is to pick a new head coach or keep Daryl Sutter.
1: Uh, I did want to play this when talking about new GM candidates. Uh, Brad Pascal is one of them, and we've uh, got him uh, in just a few minutes to set things up for the Wranglers. Talk a little bit about what he's done since he started with the organization nine seasons ago. Uh, Brad will join us a little bit later. But how about this? This was, uh, we didn't get a chance to play this on Tuesday's show because Tuesday's show was preoccupied with other things. Um, But this was, you heard of this guy, Jerome McGinley? Um, He joined the boys on the morning show on Tuesday morning. It was uh, Duma and Maddie for... Thirty minutes talking about all kinds of things, sharing stories. I mean, Jerome's always so much fun to talk about. You hear that voice? You hear the way you that know, just the the shots? Yeah, like, hey, no. yeah, 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 You know, like just Jerome makes people smile. And he was asked by Matty Rose who he thinks should be the next general manager. It'll shock you who he decides or or who he went with.
0: I believe we have a great guy there, and Conroy. I, I think what? Uh, he's put in. He's a hockey guy and. Uh, we're really good friends, so I guess that's a disclaimer. But he, he's—he's so passionate about hockey and the Calgary Flames. And you know, I called him, I texted him the other day, and he's always somewhere. Right now, he's in Switzerland at the U18. Mm-hmm. He's always—you know—the other day, I, a month ago, I texted him, at Joe's—he's down. And he's like, oh, I'm in Penticton too. He's—he's he's scouting for, you know, to find uh, uh, another guy there or in Kelowna. And he's just a guy that. um he's great for, you know, relationships. I've never heard a guy say a bad word, a person say a bad word about him. And then, you know, and in, in that type of role, uh, you, you, it's all, you know, relationships all over. And, and, uh, uh, he can also be very fiery. He's a, he's a great competitor, played a thousand games. Um, I, I mean, he literally, I can go on and, and, uh, um, he put, he, you know, he's a very smart hockey person. Um, he's, uh, it, it's, I'm, I'm excited i hope i hope uh i really hope he gets it i think he'll do a great job he loves calgary he, he hasn't left he's always come back <laughs> uh so many things and, and i think he would do a great great job and, and uh, i'm excited for him I, I obviously i hope he gets the job
1: so that was uh jerome with the boys the entire 30 minutes up uh as part of uh, i don't know what hour it was but one of the hours of the Big Show podcast on Tuesday, wherever you get your podcast. It was a really fun conversation. I recommend you listen to all of it, but um, thank you, Cam. It was hour three. Uh, so that's uh, hour three of Tuesday's Big Show podcast. I really recommend you go listen to it. And we know the, the long-standing relationship going way back for Connie and, and Jerome, so I don't think anybody was surprised by that. I think everything Jerome says there is very accurate and apt. The 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 interesting thing to me is I don't think that it is crazy to suggest that Jerome, as part of a new hockey op staff, would be out of the question. I don't think it's crazy to suggest that Jerome joining the organization would be out of the question, but I do think it would be with Conroy as general manager. that's That's my read on it. would be if if Connie gets the job. Would not shock me at all if Jerome is part of hockey ops, whether it's AGM or advisor or something like that. So I just I think it would be uh, I think it would be pretty if you're looking for positive stories. There, that's, that's that's one a pretty positive. I just I, I don't think it would be out of the question that that Jerome would uh, enter the conversation as being part of hockey ops. But I I do feel like that would be a. A thing that that might be tied to Conroy being the the general manager, and you know, there's been buzz about that before, and there's been buzz about bringing Jerome officially back into the Flames organization before. Well, I think one of the ways it could happen would be with Conroy as GM.
2: Really, the only hiccup to that plan is timing and whether or not they would announce Conroy soon enough to make Jerome the Grand Marshal of the Stampede Parade, all ah. in one well, all in one swoop and one big announcement. That would be the only hiccup I'd... listen, Jerome McGinley is a Calgary Flame through and through. I don't think there's any dispute doubting that, regardless of stints in Boston, Pittsburgh, LA, Colorado. He's a Calgary Flame. You
1: don't mention those. I don't I
2: mean, barely even happened.
1: Though I don't think they did happen.
2: Okay, fair enough. I mean I don't remember did any happen. other
1: time. No, he only played for the flames. Pittsburgh. <laughs> that never happened either.
2: <laughs> One of my all-time favorites. But yes, finding a way to bring Jerome back to Calgary as part of the Calgary Flames in some capacity. I think, from a, an organizational standpoint, from a PR standpoint, and just from a, a general injection of positivity standpoint, would be something that should be on the list. And I'd be very curious because he laid out the case to a degree there for Craig Conroy, his pal, his buddy. I don't know if they're fully, fully BFFs, but I imagine they're not far off of it. But if you want somebody who's seen it all, Craig Conroy's seen it all. He knows the player player dynamic. He knows the teammate dynamic. He certainly knows the player-coach dynamic. He now knows the player-general-manager dynamic, have, having spent, what, 9, 10 years, 12 years? 12 years. In some capacity twice. in hockey operations. And, of course, the general-manager-coach slash dynamic. So there isn't a scenario that Craig Conroy hasn't seen over his 1,000 NHL games and his dozen years as a front office exec. Uh,
1: text line, 960, 960, just a few on a busy, uh, busy... Little stretch here on the text line. Uh, this reads So if we actually think the Daryl Sutter's jobs in question, why on earth did Tree walk away? If Brad would have had his way, he would have fired Daryl and we'd be in totally in a totally different scenario than the current one. Instead, it's an absolute mess of management with a head coach who's seemingly bulletproof. How does any GM walk into this? Uh, We're going to come away from this summer with a new GM and Daryl Sutter. But what does that actually change with any of the distinction we saw on the ice this year? This whole predicament's disgraceful from the top down. And in my eyes, the only way to move forward with functioning management at this point is to clean house. Yet they just hired Maloney as hockey uh, hockey ops. None of this makes sense. Um, Now in saying that, and we don't have a ton of time, but in saying that, I also think part of why Brad walked away was contract issues. It was, Do I think Daryl Sutter was a part of it? Yes, there's no question. But I also think contract issues, money, term, all that stuff played into the decision as well.
2: I also wonder how much the exit meetings with players weighed into it too, in in fully unveiling
1: the disconnect between coach and and team. Some players, yeah. Uh, This says, if they needed exit interviews to know something was wrong with this coach group, then they should have been walked out the door. It's not rocket science. I think you still... I think that they they were aware that things weren't hunky dory, but I think exit interviews
2: you can be more candid and honest when you know you're not gonna see somebody for four or five months.
1: I think that the honesty and the wording and some of what was heard in exit interviews was just pretty telling that's all or 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 and and not again not shocking, but it was just maybe eye opening maybe that's a good way of putting it or or further eye opening um This says, uh, how about come out and say he's coming back and send a message to the players? Um, That wouldn't wouldn't be... I don't think that that's a smart move either because I don't think the new general manager, as we just said, should come in without the ability to hire his own coach. I think you're cutting yourself off at the knees because somebody else says, and I think it's bang on, is you cannot make this Vancouver 2.0. That is... Maybe the most important text of the day. Look at how much of a mess that turned into with Bruce Boudreaux, who was hired by ownership before Rutherford and Alvin were in place.
2: Yeah, Don't do that. The masterclass in what not to do, really. That
1: is the last thing that you should do, in my opinion. That, to me, do not. We were ridiculing Vancouver for how horribly they handled that situation. No, we were ridiculing and for good reason. They botched that so bad. Don't do that. It's Patton Vickers with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Do you have cracks in your walls, floors, or ceilings? Visit dlbasementsystems.com for a free estimate. They're all things basement-y.
0: You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
1: All right, time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. Gary's is the only family of products curated for the taste of Calgarians, and you'll only find them at Calgary Co-op. It's Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers along with you this hour on Flames Talk. The Calgary Wranglers are ready for their Calder Cup playoffs to start Wednesday and Friday night, 7 o'clock face-offs at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Tickets still available for both game one and game two of this series against the Abbotsford Canucks. It's a best of five as the number one team in the American League looks to uh, wrap up their season with a Calder Cup championship. The architect of the Calgary Wranglers in year one in the city is also the assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames. He's the Wranglers general manager, and he is Brad Pascal, who joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline right now. Mr. Pascal, how are you today?
3: Uh, good afternoon, Pat. I'm doing great, thanks.
1: How's the uh how are the nerves on on the on the on the day of game one?
3: Well, they're they're pretty good. We're more excitement. I think the myself included, but the, the coaches, the team, um, you know, people around the rink, everybody's everybody's excited. Excited to see some play of hockey at the dome this season and uh yeah, just excited to get going after a, after a ten day break here since the regular season.
1: Yeah, how uh do do you like how, just, and, and not, not even so much for the on ice, but just for, for Brad Pascal and, and his sanity, do you, uh, do you like the 10 day break? Do you like the reset? Or would you rather have just gone right into it?
0: You know what? It's, uh, we had the 10
3: day break again last year. We yeah. did, uh, when we were in Stockton. So we've gone through it once as a group, um, you know, of coaching staff and myself. And, you know, I think that it worked well for us, um, you know, it, it, it. no matter what team you are, we're no different. You have some bumps and bruises of some guys, and it provides you a little bit of opportunity to get not only a mental break but a physical break on the body. And uh, so we were no different in that regard this season. But, um, yeah, it, it, part of it is you want to get going. Um, I think 10 days, something in between, if you had four or five, is probably your ideal thing if you're to ask me, Pat. But, you know, we, we made the best of our 10 days and, and planned it out. Which we thought was good, and uh, yeah, we'll see how we get going. Hopefully, um, hopefully, we'll get the rust off quickly and, and get our feet moving right away.
1: How tough a series are you anticipating against Abbotsford?
3: We, we we have a lot of respect for Abbotsford. They 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 play this hard. We finished the regular season three games against them in a row in uh, in Abbotsford, um, and we were one and two against them. They 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 have a good squad with the Canucks not making the playoffs, they had a a, um, handful of guys that that got sent down that are, that are obviously top players, good depth players for them played a bunch of games in the NHL and, and really solid top, top American league players. So um, yeah, we're expecting a, a, you know, a hard fought battle. This is a, this is a good team. Um, You know, every team in the playoffs is obvious, Pat, they're, they're good. And, they want to win too right so uh no we're we're expecting a hard-fought battle and and uh looking forward to it we have got to be at our best
2: hey Brad Aaron Vickers here and I'm just curious because there is a quirk to this schedule where you'll play the first two games at home the best of five the three remaining happen in Abbotsford how do you come to determine which side you want to be on in terms of a five-game series when when you get to pick the schedule
3: yeah first off that's you know that's the procedures that are written by the American Hockey League, approved by the board of directors every, uh, really every year, uh, in the American Hockey League, and you know, and a lot of it is is due to uh, travel costs and and um, and what have you, and that's a decision that's made by the board. Ultimately, it's the the top team is is um, gets the choice of, of what you want to do we talked about it a lot last year in the same situation last year, no different this year. When we talked to our players and our coaches, um, you know, we really wanted the ability to start at home. We we wanted the other team to travel to us. We wanted to have two, uh, the first two games in our building. And, uh, you know, we know that the downside of it is if it's game five, we're playing, um, you know, in the opposing building as the visiting team. And, you know, everybody knows that as facts. And, you know, I think, uh, not to be cocky, but I think we were a confident group, again, making that decision. Um, you know, we will take our chances if we go that far. We, we feel we have, we have the best road record, road record in the league, and we feel that that would play to our advantage potentially. And, uh, yeah, it was a, it, at the end of the day, Aaron, it was, a, it was a collective decision that we made last year. We made again this year. Um, and we ultimately thought starting at home, games one and two uh, was the right decision for our group.
1: It's Brad Pascal, who is the GM of the Calgary Wranglers and the assistant general manager for the Calgary Flames, joining us here on Flames Talk as the Wranglers get set for their Calder Cup playoffs, round two after a round one bye starts Wednesday night at home against the Abbotsford Canucks. Brad, just, and I, and I know that the regular season's only part of it, and, and obviously this is what it's all about, but you finish number one in the Pacific, number one in the West, and number one in the league. How, how proud of the group are you this year?
3: extremely proud. Yeah, I mean, hey, the American Hockey League you, you have it um to develop prospects and that's I mean, that that's that's the main reason why they're a's American Hockey League team and you know, we own an American Hockey League franchise and brought it here is, is developing your prospects for the NHL. And you know, looking at that pot, yeah, hey, I'm proud of the work that we've done overall and the coaching staff, the players. And, and I've said this a number of times on your show, but it, it's you look, you take a step back, and you look at progression of players, and that's that's what the league, and that's what our team's all about is just is progression from year to year, to week to week, and you know, again, this season, I, I think we've seen so many players that have come in and and gotten better, and and you know, matured their games, and um, you know, just become more and more prospects, if you will. Uh, each and every day that they 've been there, and you know you look at our results as a team, but you know for us it's you know that 's obviously really important and and winning and development go together, but the development aspect is key for us and and something that we focus on on a regular basis as a staff, but especially as an organization so yeah, hey, I mean, having the season that we did record wise really really happy with it Pat of course, but um as I mentioned the progression of these of, of some of our young players has yeah. been uh has been really really impressive.
1: You got off to a rough start, Brad, and and we asked Mitch Love about this, your head coach, uh on Monday when he joined us and said he 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 revealed that uh he, he kind of said to his staff, we might lose 50 games this year because it was such a rough start to the year. You had a lot of turnover. Uh, I'm just curious what you now that you're here what were your thoughts as as the team got off to not an ideal start to the season?
3: Yeah, it, it's funny. And it's funny, Mitch told that story. But we were, uh, you know, we 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 had a few games on the road. We were playing against Coachella. We were playing in Everett, and then we played in Seattle's practice rink. That while Coachella's building wasn't available, so this is early on in the year. Uh, Coachella's a good team, obviously, and uh, you know piled up a few losses and and had that record. And I remember. You know, Mitch and I, after having a couple of cold lemonades and uh, and talking about just that, is like, oh boy, you know, it's a, we're a different team than we are last year, and uh, you know, we have our work cut out for us, and and <laughs> yeah, we did. You know, we chuckled, we're like, geez, maybe we'll win ten this year, but you know, um, but you know, we we knew that there was we were going to have a, a younger group. We knew that we were going to have you know a twenty-one a year old and two twenty-year old defensemen, which we have this year. And, uh, you know, ultimately that's, you know, that's the job and that's what we do. And, and that's what the group of coaches do and our development team led by Ray Edwards. That's, I mean, everybody digs in and, and, uh, yeah, that's, it's, uh, it was tough sledding to start, but, you know, proud of the group that, you know, we battled back and just battled week by week and, and, uh, yeah, ultimately ended up in a good spot.
1: Why has Mitch Love been such a good fit? in his two seasons behind the bench brad uh
3: good communication um i think players know where they stand with him um you know he's a hard-working guy uh that digs in obviously all coaches watch video and, and dig in but you know he he takes it upon himself to you know to you know the goals of the organization of getting players better and making them better and and uh you know Mitch Mitch can be you know he can be honest and honest sometimes is hard and but i think the players appreciate that and um you know he has a good demeanor um, m- good meeting good communication and uh you know ultimately you know leads the guys with you know a common goal in mind and and uh, you know accountability has always been a strong suit for the two seasons that Mitch has been here and something that him and I've talked about, um, you know, player development, accountability, and then, you know, obviously the combination of development and winning. And that's something that, that I think he's excelled in quite frankly. And, and you see that in the win loss record and obviously coach of the year. I mean, other people see it too, but you know, I get, I get the chance to see it, uh, front and center day by day. And, uh, no, I think he's done a, I think he's done a great job.
1: Brad Pascal's with us. Calgary Wranglers general manager. Calgary Flames assistant general manager. Wranglers game one. Abbotsford Canucks tonight, Wednesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Joining us here this hour of Flames Talk, it's Pat and Aaron Vickers as well.
2: Brad, you mentioned earlier that first and foremost, the AHL is a developmental league. And with that in mind, reputations are certainly made in playoff hockey. I apologize because this might be like asking you who your favorite child is, but from a prospect perspective and development perspective, who are you curious to see and who are you curious to evaluate in a playoff situation?
3: Oh yeah, I mean it is a tough question for sure. I mean, it, it, hey, I, I'm not going to sit here and point out one particular person because I think it's a group of our of our young guys and and you know they they've all been you know they've all played really well. I mean, I, I, a guy like Adam Klapka that hasn't played in the AHL playoffs, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, you know, he's had a good year and. and um, you know, his development curve has been up and down throughout the year, but he's a, he's a guy. I mean, I could say the obvious players of, you know, Zari and Pelche and, and Pedersen and, and down the list, but, you know, perhaps somebody that's, that's new first AHL playoffs, um, you know, he might be a guy for me. And, you know, you look at Jeremy Poirier and, and, uh, and Jan Kuznetsov as well, I mean, that, that have developed throughout the season. Those are a couple other guys as well.
2: Yeah. And mentioning poor AHL all rookie team nod this season from where he started in September to where he is today on Wednesday, April 26th, what's been the biggest thing in his game that you've been proud that he's been able to develop?
3: Well, I think if you look at his draft card, not only when we drafted him, but everybody, I mean, his, his offensive ability is, is, you know, is his calling card, quite frankly. And that's, um, you know, we knew that and, and, you know if Jeremy was on this call with us today he you know he knows that he that's his strong suit, and he knows that he had to work on a two hundred foot game and I think that's the thing I'm most proud about with him um with our coaching staff mitch and don and and joe of of just working daily with him video on ice afterwards in drills, holding them accountable of of ensuring that the two hundred foot game, especially defensive zone and what have you. Um, you know, the attention to detail is there and you know, I think he's made huge strides since the start of the season in that area and, and but he continues to be a, you know, a strong power play focused player and, and uh um he's obviously a talented, talented player.
2: You lost Jacob Peltier for a couple of months to the big club, but since you've had him back, what have you noticed in whether it's the maturity, whether it's the on ice approach, whether it's some things he learned in the dressing room? that he's been able to apply. What do you notice different about Jacob Pelche now, as opposed to before he spent time in the NHL?
3: He He's the same. And I think that's the strength of Jacob is Jacob is, uh, um, you know, he's the same guy. He's the same guy when he was playing in Stockton last year, early in the season. Um, you know, he, he doesn't change in the way of his work ethic. Uh, his, his, energy and what he brings to to our group on and off the ice um you know he's the same we haven't we haven't seen any change from jacob and i think that's that's a strength of his
2: in terms of having Dustin wolf between the pipes for this calder cup run what's what kind of security blanket does he offer or, or does he offer the club having a two-time goalie of the year and league mvp between the pipes
3: well, he i mean he, he's he's a tremendous Talented player uh, deserves the accolades that he got this year. I, I think as a as a group, um, when your goaltender is playing the way he did all season, I mean he can cover up a lot of mistakes that 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 you can make from time to time. Um, you know, y- y- you look at our penalty kill as a, as a team. You know, first to, first overall again in the league, and you know, you know obviously the players in front of them and, and the preparation that the coaches do, but you know Dustin in all situations provides you just that edge and and um, you, you know we're, we're confident group with him in um Oscar Dansk when he when you know when he's played as well he's played extremely well and I think they they're a good tandem but um you know having uh you know having Dustin Dustin in the net there I think the guys uh you know they have that level of confidence where they can play and know
0: that 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 they have his back
1: we're chatting with Brad Pascal, Wranglers GM, Flames AGM, joining us here on Flames Talk on this Wednesday. Brad, as as we wrap up our chat, and and I know that right now everything is focused on Game One against Abbotsford and and making sure that you win Game One against Abbotsford. But you no, know, I asked you how proud you are of this group this year but this is season 9 for you running the American League franchise. You had a ton of success last year in Stockton. You've had some different success along the way. Uh am I, did, did I do I have it all right? You've done it in Adirondack, Stockton, and now Calgary. Those are the three places that you have overseen the American League team?
3: That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, Pat. What
1: what has made the last two seasons different for you? Like what what has allowed you to build to this really, really strong success the teams had the last two seasons.
3: Well, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a roller coaster. We, you know, we've moved the team from Adirondack to Stockton to Calgary, so you know, you spend a lot of time doing that. But you know, I, I think I look back even the last two years, Pat is is, and the, the, I guess over the last nine years that I that I've been in this role is it's the players that graduate onto the NHL. You know, it's, it's the Manjapanis, the Shillington, um, you know, Anderson, and then, you know, players that have gone on in the way of Garnet Hathaway and what have you in, in other organizations that, you know, that were part of our development team drafted, developed free agents that came through our system, but then have moved on. And I think that, to me that's the biggest thing to reflect upon um you know the last two seasons win losses have been great but you know you, you just go down the list of of guys like Dubay and and you know these players that have come through Andrew Manjapani that you know that, that were you know quite frankly as an individual myself but as an organization that we're proud of and that's that's the job you know that's yeah that's the job um you know of of moving them through and then and then getting them to the NHL. Um, you know, and I, as I reflect on that, you know, win, wins and losses are great and they, you know, help everybody sleep better. And, and I think that, that it breeds a good, you know, a, a, just a good organization to have guys with winning experience as part of their development process. I think that's it's a paramount thing. But, you know, to sum it all up, it's probably the – you look back and reflect and say, "Hey, you know the guys that have come through that are that are full-time NHLers. You you know you'd like to think that that we provide them with a good path and a and a good development. You know the development tools to to succeed in the NHL level." Brad,
1: you come to you came to the Flames and and your first NHL job as as an assistant general manager. You, you came to the Flames after. A really, really long career at Hockey Canada and and being part of building gold medal Olympic teams and on hockey op staffs for gold medal world junior teams, so on and so forth. And then and then you join the Calgary Flames and, and you take over running the American League franchises. How how have you changed or like what have you learned? How have you developed as a GM over almost a decade now doing this?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a cliche, but you learn every day. I mean, there's always something coming at you, um, you know, both in the NHL and the AHL, player development, with your prospects. Um, you know, the timeline of things is always changing of, you know, contracts that are up, new contracts coming in. Um, you know, I, you look back and, and, and learning every day, Pat, honestly, is 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 probably something that I – I guess pride myself in and and you know having the opportunity to work with great people as well um you know that that push you to be better and you know in a collaborative effort and I think that's I mean those are some things that I that I think about um there's lots of differences between you know being involved with international hockey and and where you're gearing up for a for a month event and then moving on to the next event I mean this this is this is full-time this is the team and it's full-time um and the program whether it's the AHL, nhl prospects i mean it's um you know it's there's a consistent where we're in hot canada there's you know peaks and valleys in different events so you know that that took a little bit getting used to the first year or two and and uh you know but you dive in and know what you're getting into but you know learning every day and and you know, you you know, Brad Trelevin always said it best: is you know, how do we get better? How do we get better? What do we do? What 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 new things can we do? And you know, that's that's how you know I come every day, and 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 you try to push the envelope, and that's and I think as a group and as an organization, that's what we do. So,
1: can, and you talk about it, kind of the the difference or or the similarities rather, you know, running an American League franchise or an NHL franchise and being the GM. And and Brad, I've I've seen you at every in-person draft since 2014 in your hotel lobby, and you've got about 12 seconds to acknowledge my existence, and then you go you go and you're meeting with an agent there, and you're signing a deal there, you're negotiating there. Like I I've seen you at work, I've seen you grinding <laughs> out contracts. What like in In terms of the responsibilities how how much carryover is there or or how many similarities are there from being the guy running the a h l team to, to being the guy running the n h l team
0: yeah
3: for sure there's there's similarities i mean it's um you know the the big chair, if you call it, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're managing a full set of staff and, and, and more responsibilities. Right. Um, you know, you get a taste of that in the American hockey league as, as a general manager. Um, you know, I have ton of respect for, for Brad and the job that he did. And, and uh, um, you know, there, as I mentioned, there's a lot coming at you. There's a lot coming at you in the American league, but in, in the NHL and um, but, yeah for sure there there's you know the the work that we do as a group in hockey operations um you know we split up split up our duties and and um, you know one of mine's the American Hockey League, and you're right agents and free agents, and that is all part of it, but you know we do it as a collective group with um you know with one main goal, and that's you know ultimately a path to a Stanley Cup championship.
1: The uh, I I would imagine uh, you've quite enjoyed the the last nine years at the helm of the uh, the AHL team. Hey.
3: Oh yeah, no, it's it's been um, it, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun, and and you know, and you look, you know, as I mentioned, you you look at the the players that have gone through, but you know, Ryan Huska and and Kale McLean, yeah, and, and uh, you know, Rick Davis is our strength coach of of moving these guys up, uh, James Borelli. I mean, you're just as proud of those of guys that, you know, we've gone through and hired and, you know, had good development success in the American league and then moved up. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a lot of fun. I really, I really like the American hockey league. Um, you know, so many, so many things about it. Um, and uh, no, it, it's been great. And, and looking forward to now getting into the playoffs here. And, and, you know, we said it from the beginning of the year, that's, that's the goal. Yeah. Um, and hopefully make some noise and that's what we're looking to do and and hopefully we can keep pushing our development arm as well.
1: I've seen uh I've seen the ticketmaster uh readouts. I've seen what's available. Are you excited for some uh some big numbers at the dome uh Wednesday and Friday night?
3: That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, I keep um going down the going down in our office just, <laughs> you know, kind of inquiring, hey, where are things at? Where are things at? And, you know, the players and the staff have asked me as well. So, yeah, hey, here's hoping um, you know, here's hoping that we're going to put on a good show for the fans. And, and, uh, I know myself, but especially the players are, are really counting on, um, you know, a good turnout by, by, um, you know, Calgary's finest. And we're really hoping for that.
1: Brad, appreciate the time, man. Good to catch up with you as always. Congratulations on the success so far, but most importantly, uh, good luck and continued success in the Calder cup playoffs. You can't wait, man.
3: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
1: It's Brad Pascal. He is the assistant general manager of the Calgary Flames and the general manager of the AHL's Calgary Wranglers. And he joins us inside hockey to wrap up this hour for Calgary Co-op with new product families, member rewards, and sale events. You'll find more quality, more savings in every department every day at Calgary Co-op.